Uh, let's see what we got. We're going to do pre-Columbian love Brett Smiley. Should we do that or spaces? Yeah, we love Brett Smiley. Brett Smiley was a guy. Okay, I just want to do it. I'm going to do it really super quick. He died. He died recently. He was one of the original glam rockers. Barb, we can't talk while you're talking. Okay, you know what? I'm just going to play it. Love you guys. We'll, we'll tune in next week, and uh, we'll be back with more great, um, entertaining uh, radio for you. Coming here on the Roxy Roller Radio Show every Saturday, 4 to 6, on Mutiny Radio. Come on, give me, give me some music there. There it goes. It's going to happen. There we go. Love you guys. See you next week.
background. Like seriously, that thing makes the Coit Tower look like a skinny ass short little fucking chode. Uh, but the bigger issue was the fact that I too can see the Salesforce Tower from my office building. So now I've got to figure out which one of my coworkers is secretly showing me their dick. Um, Something else I discovered, um, so another thing about myself that I should mention is I'm also a sex educator here in San Francisco. Uh, it's, I want to say that it is a honorable profession, but really 90% of the time I spend telling people what they can and can't put in their ass. Like fists, absolutely. Peanut butter jars, not so much. I've actually seen x-rays of people that have like beer bottles in their ass and I look at it and I'm just like, oh, Corona? If, if you're going to put a beer bottle in your fucking ass, at least have some respect and put an IPA or some shit. You know what I'm saying? Like racer, Lagunitas. Like that's how I know you go hoard. You know what I mean? In the paint. Um, uh, as you've probably, I also, I also talk to people and my students, I talk to them about pornography. I'm responsible for putting together a four panel montage of porn called fuck a palooza. That shit makes two girls, one cup look like a fucking cooking video. It's ridiculous. I love porn. It's so awesome to be able to say that I watch porn for educational purposes is the biggest cop out in the world. And I take advantage of it every fucking second I can, uh, as you've probably figured out, I don't teach sex ed to kids, uh, not for any moral reasons or anything like that, but more so, um, 12 year olds all have iPads and iPhones at this point. And seriously, if they're not smart enough to open up, uh, Pornhub or like or bang bus and figure out how to do it themselves honestly they deserve to get chlamydia uh, one of the other things that I enjoy about being a sex educator is the potential for self-growth and self-discovery and something that I've discovered in my several years as a sex educator is that I like BDSM I'm into very rough sex you guys into that shit I fucking love rough sex like uh, I want to feel that shit you know what I'm saying like you want to make love get a girlfriend mama's trying to fuck Mama's trying to fuck. I got some shit to do afterwards. <laughs> like, yeah, and it's just, um, if you haven't figured out by my um, athletic physique, I'm not a huge fan of having to engage in physical activity without incentives. So uh, I want to feel that shit. Like when I have sex with somebody, I, I want to feel like I went through some shit to get there. Like I want to, like I like the slapping. I like the hitting. I like the pinching. I like the grabbing and the hair pulling and the, uh, I want to feel like Sharkisha's opponent. I want to feel like I did CrossFit. Like I hiked Mount Kilimanjaro. Like I did Soul Cycle. Like I'm from Hayward. So I want to feel like I ran from the cops and lost. I want to feel like I did a American fucking ninja warrior. Like, if I can't call my mom afterwards and ask her for some illegal Filipino painkillers, to me, as, I'm far, as far as I'm concerned, it's not real. But I do have limitations. I mean, let's, let's be honest. If you choke me in bed and the sex lasts for less than five minutes, I'm calling the cops. <laughs> you did not come, you did not need to come up in my room in my house and assault me for no reason. Just ridiculous. So uh, one of the other things that I've discovered uh, to circle it back to uh, how I've been finding people to fuck um, is Tinder. Like that, that thing is such a trip. Like I've realized I have a type. I really do have a type. I like, I like big, like, I like bigger guys. You know what I'm saying? I like like dad bods. Like I like. Wow. What do we like? I don't know about you, but I'm already exhausted and asexual from that conversation. <laughs> Thank I just you. went like you turned to say sexual. I just went com 
completely opposite. Where Ryan's asexual too. <laughs> <laughs> the truth comes out on air. <laughs> well, it's nice to have a pair of headphones that work over here. My God. Yeah, the studio <laughs> is looking good. We have a uh, merch available as well. We have t-shirts for $15, lighters and buttons for $1. You're right. It is really fucking clean in here. Like cleaner than my apartment clean. Yeah, I think it's the the, the festival uh, did a, you know, they did a dip, deep cleaning for that, which oh, was right. much needed. And mm -hmm. things are looking great at Mutiny Radio. And if you like to donate to help us get more uh, merch or better equipment please do on our website mutinyradio.fm thanks to pam and thanks to suggest for keeping it going keeping it real and the sun is still out so um spring yes, is equinox in full bloom now i feel like the winter wasn't as long this time around no, I think also because we were just so fucking everywhere like we were really busy um and kind of just chilled at home. <laughs> uh, but it seems like today uh, is one of those, you know, first days of the year where people have gone out and just enjoy some sunshine, even though it is kind of windy out and you still need a coat. Mm -hmm. It's still nice to go out for a stroll and, you know, get a coffee or ice cream if you're the adventurous type. And uh, Coffee, ice cream sounds good. Or an affogato. Who, you know, <laughs> there's no rules to it. Mm -hmm. And um, and there's a lot of kids outside, obviously. Today is a very important day um, for families and um Basically, all Americans that have attended public schools or uh, just school in general, I believe, yeah, um, for March for Our Lives, it's been incredible seeing all those people out there and just voicing their uh, their opinions and, and having important things to say about the way we are shaping um, today's children and how we want a public system like school and universities and mm -hmm. I don't know, just any public establishment run by the government to actually run for its people. So mm -hmm. it's been really neat. And I don't know, just, I was thinking while you were talking, what could I say in response to that? And, you know, us not being in school for, for quite a while now, right. right? Maybe it'll be the tip of the iceberg for some of these other changes that we were look, really looking for. In 2016, we were looking for some changes in not just gun control or gun safety, but health care and women's rights and, um, you know, a lot of other things that are, that may or may not be important to us. So maybe it's just another, like I said, tip of the iceberg there. Right. So it's uh it's been a trip. It's been a trip uh since 2017, since January of 2017. Wow, it's only been 14 months. Yeah. I mean a little over that, but yeah. So uh yeah, let's see what the rest of the time has to offer. So far, uh I don't really think he's doing anything the way he's supposed to. Which I guess was the whole point of him being in an office, but it's, it's it's really bad. Instead of being proactive, which I think a president, at least I think a president president should be, it's completely the opposite, right? It's very reactive, and almost immediately when he became president, we went back fifty years, like almost immediately, like overnight. It's like our 
a, at least a part of the country did. I mean, a lot of us are trying to move forward, right? But right. with him being elected, it was definitely going back. It's just a sad time in American history, I think. <laughs> I, I, I'm curious to see how this is going to be translated in the textbooks or whatever mm-hmm. it is that kids are going to use in the future. If it's not text, then, you know, iPads or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm just curious to see how this is going to turn out because we are in this and there's like, this is something we have to get through as Americans and... Um, Try not to make the gap even wider. I hope um, I hope with everything that's happening with these women uh, suing him in a you know in a legal uh, a legal way and uh, this Russia investigation that all of this is just going to speed up the impeachment process. Uh, but there's, yeah, there's hope in that. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. This is this is a wish. I don't know. I mean, I s- was looking at some comments. I don't normally, I look at stories online, but I don't necessarily look at people's comments because I try not to focus on other people's opinions. I don't know if that's good or bad because I want to f- try and formulate my own opinion, but I guess everything is just opinion these days. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I guess I think you're right. I think it is a really interesting time right now this is the first time we've had a president who's very you know has a very uh he's very opinionated and a lot of stuff is very you know subjective to him which kind of makes us question our own reality or at least has made me question my own i just hope that this brings people more together than it divides them i know that Right now, it looks like it's dividing people. But I honestly do think that even people who have voted for Trump and are strong-willed Republicans have kind of been over it. And um, yeah, so that's that's my only like hope for all of this shit is that it'll bring more people together to make a smarter choice next time around. That's all I have to say. Yeah. (laughs) Ah, man, these are the times. (laughs) Um, I did see that Paul McCartney was at Mm. the March for Our Lives in New York, and I thought that was so good. Like, I honestly, I didn't expect that for some reason. And, you know, he made a comment about how he lost a friend in um, around, we're in New York in Central Park, um, you know, a few years ago due to gun violence. And that was like that kind of, it hit at their heartstrings, basically. <laughs> um, also, yeah. his friend John Lennon. Yeah, exactly. That's that's the one he's talking about. Yeah, that's it. Immediately, <laughs> when you said Central Park, I was like, "Wait, is he talking about?" Yeah, he's John? talking about John Lennon. <laughs> but he was really coy about it. Um, and then jo- Yoko Ono posted, you know, the picture, the infamous or famous pictures of um, John Lennon's glasses after he was shot, and she collected mm-hmm. it and it has like oh, their blood stain. Um, yeah, it's just, it's really powerful and, and they're really influential, influential people, not influential so much as the younger for the, for the younger generation, but for adults who are in position of power, I want to say at, when they were younger, they probably listened to the Beatles, you know? So I don't know. It, it was, to me, it was really powerful to see, mm-hmm. but absolutely. Yeah. Super I important. agree. Well, the midterms, um, they keep talking about midterm elections coming up. So I guess, 
you know, we thought 2016 was important, but definitely, you know, make, make a point to turn up for 2018 as well. Um, I think I've only missed, since I've been able to vote, I think I've only missed one voting time. I don't know what it's called. Voting schedule, like for <laughs> local yeah. candidates or whatever. Yeah, one election. But always, you know, I've always turned up for presidential, for governors, you know, it's, um, it's important. Yeah. Now we have to make it a point to go to every single election because <laughs> yeah. those things are accumulating in, um, more negative ways than positive. So, yeah. But then just one more thing on the state of affairs here. It's really interesting thinking that our election was probably swayed by an outside source and that was the first thing that was one of the first things that really came to my mind when I saw that he won I thought um, it was rigged I thought it was rigged but also I felt like wow like this whole Russia thing like immediately like out of the bag it just um, was somehow, you know, a, a talking point like, wow, he loves Russia and he has nothing bad to say about him. And then, you know, look where we at now compared to, um, November, you know, election 2016. It's, it was like, well, we saw all of this coming yet. We, we didn't really do enough to, to stop it when we could have. Yep. <sighs> But um, yeah, hopefully 2018 will be better. That's all we can. We have to be positive, um, just like these uh, children that are marching on Washington, which is kind of interesting because you think about the civil rights movement and you think about the, the anti-war movement. I mean, I guess some of them were children, but they were of age. They were, you know, college, university um, and older, obviously, but these are children. Yeah. <laughs> so just you let know, that sink in. Yeah. <laughs> just p thinking about that, it's mm -hmm. it's kind of sickening, is the word that yep. comes to my mind. But I'll just leave it at that. <sighs> food for thought. <laughs> food, for th food for thought, people. Let's get to some music news. Yeah. Lighten, lighten things Not up. that it's any less dramatic, you know, <laughs> but it doesn't affect us as bad. Well, we haven't talked about um, International Women's Day. Because uh, uh, that was a couple weeks ago. Big then, fan. Yeah, so there's an article in uh, The Enemy. Every day should be International Women's Day. Yes, sir. And Ma'am, should I say. <laughs> <laughs> let's switch it up man because that's another thing that trump said he was going to do which was ban um transgender people in the military right right or okay. give him lesser uh i guess now he's saying he's going to give him lesser lesser jobs okay. in the military so you know oh my god like that's like that's really important <laughs> okay um i don't know how you celebrated international women's day this year i did it by loudly singing the songs of courtney love nina simone and patty smith while cooking two pies to look like boobs and welding a piece of metal wall art in the shape of a uterus <laughs> and simultaneously smashing the patriarchy <laughs> Yeah, that's how you do it. Bake some pipes. Then I had or a pies. then I had a lion and watched repeats of Broad City. I still have to watch that. Oh, it's so good. This I imagine is much the same as they do in Italy, where the day is named La Festa della Donna and has been celebrated since the end of World War Two. 
Originally a socialist knees up the Italian take on the March 8th proceedings, involves women ghosting men for the whole day while they surround themselves with flowers and delish wine and cook up a tasty sounding cake called torta mimosa, the key ingredient of which is citrusy booze. Sounds like a right laugh, doesn't it? In fact, it sounds like the kind of thing that shouldn't just be limited to a once-a-year celebration. There's no doubt in my mind that International Women's Day is a very good thing indeed. But what does that mean for the other 364 days of the year? Are these, by default, an almost endless run of International Men's Days? Well, yeah. Remember when you were seven and you'd ask your parents on Mother's Day when Children's Day was? Mm. (laughs) I never did that. I should have. And they'd sigh and say, every day is Children's Day. Uh, It's basically that all over again, but you replace kids with grown men. Hmm. Saying that women's achievements should only be shouted about and celebrated on one day of every year negates the amazing, largely silent work that women do in the shadows every second of every minute. In the UK, it's women who dominate the caring professions like nursing, dealing with long hours, low pay, and little thanks. It's women like this that we need to be thinking and thinking of constantly, women who literally keep this country alive. There's still so much to fight for. Equal pay, the fact that no woman I know feels safe on the street late at night, the threat of harassment at work, the notion that when a woman when a woman stands up for herself, she's either f- hysterical or a bitch, the saggy gusset that all tights get at roughly 2 p.m. I don't know what that means. <laughs> women need more than a day to celebrate themselves. They need regular payback for centuries of repression. Oh, and tights with functioning gussets. That must be something that's a part of tights. It's also very British. <laughs> there's, there's so much to fight for. And I, I, I agree with that. That was their opinion. Um, but a lot of stuff, I guess, I don't, you probably do this too, but a lot of stuff I read... It's kind of, um, and this is something on social media too, right? Where it's uh, it's backing your point of view or reiterating mm-hmm. your your thought process, your agreeable way of thinking. I forgot what the word, what the term is, but oh, okay. I have uh, Jack White in the news uh, defending his uh, this little box that we call a cell phone ban. I want people to live in the moment. Uh, He's quoting, it's funny that the easiest way to rebel is to tell people to turn off their phone. The third man rocker says. (laughs) Yeah, I don't want people taking my phone away. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Next month, Jack White's embarking on a massive North American tour in support of the new album Boarding House Reach. But don't expect to see any of the shredding on Facebook. Uh, White recently White recently announced that he's banning cell phones from every non-festival stop on the jaunt, and this and the decision with that's bound to infuriate more than a few fans. No photos, video, or audio recording devices allowed. Reads White. Um, we'd think you'd enjoy looking up from your gadgets for a little while and experience music and uh, our shared love of it in person. Those who bring their phones to the show will be need to lock them away in yonder pouches while in the venue. The fuck is yonder? Over uh, yonder? Over yonder. 
Um, in a new interview with the Toronto Star, White defendi- uh, defense the... That's... He didn't separate the D from defense. The band pointing out that how no one uses their phones at the movie, church, or at the symphony. He continued, I want people to live in the moment. And it's funny that the easiest way to reveal it is to tell people to turn off their phones. You could read the comments below, uh, which is, I was hoping it would be more of an art project. I wanted to surprise people, and I thought it would be great if people showed up and they found out right when they got there that there were these pouches for their phones, and I thought it would excite them, possibly make them some some of them upset, but it's funny. I go to the movies, and everyone turns off their phone, and you go to the symphony, and there's no phones. Church, no phones. These are all... these places where it's already happening so let's try to rock let's try the rock and roll concert and see what happens i mean i want people to live in the moment and it's funny that the easiest way i already read that part so many times and it's important that you can live without it for two hours then i don't know maybe it's time to see a therapist if you can't White's distance for glowing devices at this concert isn't a new thing. Below, watch him discuss the topic on Conan O'Brien during a 2014 episode. This is out of consequence of sound. So he, it was pretty much like he said it was an art experiment? or He, he, he thought it would be an art experiment to not tell people and see how they react when they get to his show. To be like, you have to put your phones in this pouch called Yonder. <laughs> fuck you man yeah <laughs> i get what he's trying to do yeah but that's just not the world we live in but anymore. it's yeah i mean it's kind of up to the user right but it, it shows that we've been to we're like come on yeah stop filming the whole fucking show i mean i get like filming you know a couple seconds of each song you know taking a few photos but some people take it to the oomph level yeah. and that's what maybe he's thinking about or what people focus on yeah i I mean i honestly it does bother me when um for example when i go to a concert and then the person has the phone the whole time and is just recording the whole time that bothers me because i get that if you want to record like i always record like a snippet of like my favorite part or maybe like a song that i that i know it's going to be like i want to keep that forever because i like the song a lot or whatever I do that too, but I won't sit there for the whole song one and I won't do it super often because I know that the people behind me appreciate looking at the performance live and not at my screen because that's very distracting. It's distracting to me when people do it to me. So I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be that person to somebody else, Mm -hmm. but that's just me. And that's the thing it's like you you're your own person you can make your own decisions about that if you want to do that if you want to be that douchebag then go ahead and be that douchebag <laughs> as for me this is how i will proceed you know but that's where that's where things get blurry because it's like do you have the choice to make that or is jack white gonna make that choice for you in this instance he's making that choice for you <laughs> i mean <laughs> no, it's kind of i'm yeah i'm still my own person i love jack white but you know fuck you no about my phone no yeah exactly so in other music news um david byrne has come out of hiding well he hasn't really been hiding but i hope not he has a hundred plus dates and i caved in and bought a ticket to see him at uh bill graham uh i believe he's playing a couple nights there and then he's also playing in uh at the fox theater so he's doing a couple shows 
excuse me, in the Bay Area. He's also doing a couple festival appearances. But anyways, um, he's going to be touring for his new album, American Utopia. And the enemy gives it four stars, saying, uh, and then they like to give a couple words as to you know, the feeling that they get behind the album. So they mm-hmm. said hope, quirky, and melodic. And I think those describe him pretty well. <laughs> um, the Talking Heads icon uses optimism and eccentricity to bandage the world's ills. <laughs> In the opening weeks of 2018, David Byrne went on tour, not with his live show, but with a presentation. From New York to Milan, he conducted lectures under the banner Reasons to be Cheerful. Those sessions were about spreading optimism in a world where depressing news is never far away. Byrne spotlighted the positive things humans are doing, progressive initiatives in areas from technology to transport, practical ideas that are improving the world. The point is, in these dispiriting times, the 65-year-old still believes in hope, and more importantly, is encouraging people to do the same. It's clear, then, that American Utopia isn't a sarcastic title for the former talking head Talking Heads Man's first solo album in 14 years. It neither points and laughs at the present mess, nor claims to map the future. Instead, in its own abstract way, it confronts the big questions, everything from how did we get into this mess, to can we start over? Um, let's see. If that sounds about as fun as Peston on Sunday, fear not. It never wallows in those quandaries because, well, it's a David Byrne album, which is to say it's melodic, goofy, and highly quirky. Take, for example, the lyrics from Every Day is a Miracle, a song that has a sunny chorus that sounds like UB40, Cockro- <laughs> Cockroach Might Eat, Mona Lisa, The Pope Don't Mean Shit to a Dog, and Elephants Don't Read Newspapers, and The Kiss of a Chicken is Hot. <laughs> Figure that out. It's an album pack with Burns' trademark eccentricity with the odd accessible moment the delightful everybody's coming to my house written with long-term collaborator brian eno and featuring sampha the best of those for the talking heads traditionalists the closest thing here is it's not dark up here elsewhere doing the right thing has a tantal tantalizingly banging an outro and this is that as a beautiful theatrical ballad the mind is a soft-boiled potato he sings <laughs> he sings at one point coming from anybody else that'd be ridiculous from burn it's not only sounds like a reasonable observation but also kind of profound um Oh, and then a strange but true fact, David Byrne is an avid cyclist and once designed a range of bike racks installed across New York. Ah, did not know that. That is a fun fact. Interesting. I had a lot of fun with that fact. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm I'm excited to, you know, see him. Yeah, please do. Um you know, who, who knows what might happen. But uh, a part of me was always thinking, ah, like when the Talking Heads got inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame many years ago, I was like, ah, it's possible. But, you know, it's, he's been pretty dormant since then. I mean, yeah. making appearances. Here and there. Yeah. yeah. Come on, David Byrne. 
Come on. Let's get together with talking us. Do it. Uh, MIA is in the news. Uh, MIA oh. expresses vindication over Facebook Cambridge analytical scandal. Mm. Quoting, it's nice when you end up the smart one at the end of the day and not some paranoid crazy person. That's how she talks, by the way. Um, MIA has long been critical of the internet and social networks and their alleged connections to the government. In 2010, she said to Nylon, Google and Facebook were developed by the CIA. In addition, her Maya opening song, The Message, from the year that includes the lyrics, iPhone connected to the internet, connected to the Google, connected to the government. In 2013, after Edward Snowden leaked information about the NSA, MIA acknowledged her lyrics presence by calling out publications including this one that criticized the message now mia has reacted to the ongoing facebook cambridge analytical scandal it's nice when you end up the smart one at the end of the day not some paranoid crazy person she wrote mia previously called out facebook in january when she tweeted my social media has frozen since last year but this they want your support They want you to support the war in Iran because their Instagram is blocked by evil dictators. Uh, And then she did the Z emoji, like the sleeping Z's emoji. Facebook Mm -hmm. says it's deleting accounts at the direction of the U.S. and Israeli governments. This week, MIA also called out Instagram. She posted on Instagram that she believed that the platform has caped her following count. She shared or capped her following count. And she shared a photo of her page with the words, Mark Zucks. <laughs> with the Z. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, in so the caption she wrote, uh, through how they hold certain people down, it's easy to see who they uphold. Throughout mm. who they uphold, it's easy to see how lost they want you or how lost they want you. Mm. Mm. So she posted a few screenshots of her following count and how it's been at that count for a long time. Um, oh, that's yeah. not accurate. It's yeah, cause, like she's not. It's not changing. Interesting. So they capped her out. She continued. Instagram was like Facebook. Facebook bought Instagram in 2012. They want you. They want to let you know that my social media presence is weak, but they manufacture the concept of what weak is and what it when what's strong. Now look at this little game does, uh, the little game does to everything: security, jealousy, envy, rivalry, and greed. Can we move it along? Darkness breeds darkness. One follower commented, "Then why keep using if they're doing you wrong?" Mia responded with, "You know, I can't." withstand this little pity thing sometimes you gotta let them fuck you up because the lesson is greater pitchfork has con- uh, contacted mia's representatives you can read the how mia is the lifeline of t- in times of terror if times of terror at the pitch and this is at, of course out of pitchfork.com hmm. yeah. i didn't know about that yeah she did write a lot of songs about uh social media and how the government's controlling us through social media which you know (laughs) sounded paranoid at the time but now it's kind of hard not to uh give that (laughs) give her some credit for putting that on her song so because it's turning out to be true sort of 
As long as you know it's not the real world. Yeah. And oh, that was a good article. Uh, anyways, um, our friend Zach Bateman is having a record release party on Tuesday, March 27th at the Boom Boom Room, and he has a new song out called White Keys, Black Notes, Nothing to Fear, and um, I was going to play that for y'all, and then um, I did an impromptu interview with one of my heroes, Alice Bagg, and she's playing tonight um, in Oakland, I think it's a sold out show at this, I think it's the Starline ballroom or somewhere in Oakland and then tomorrow she's making an appearance at Amoeba around two o'clock Amoeba in San Francisco and then she's making another appearance in the evening at one two three four go records in Oakland so hopefully you can make it to one of those shows um I'm excited to I've never seen her before but um I've been a fan of hers for at least 15 years so it'll be interesting um you know see see what she's seeing what she's up to um, it seems like she's been um, a lot more active recently like the last couple of years so um yeah so without further ado um let's take a listen to uh zach bateman see what Thank you. 
does he go now? Where does he go? Oh, so if you want to find out more about him, uh, Zach Bateman, uh, he's on Facebook, but then he's also on Instagram. He has a really vast online presence. Yes, he does. Um, so anyways, um, go check him out Tuesday, uh, March 27th. He's going to be at the Boom Boom Room, and then he's also going to be um, in Berkeley. I'm going to try to make that on March 30th. Uh, he's playing with a band called Eldrin, I believe, at the Starry Plow in Berkeley. Excuse me. Um, never been to the Starry Plow, so. And isn't that the one that's like right next to the station? Yeah, it's near Ashby, I think. Oh, yeah. Okay. I've yeah. seen it, but I don't think I've ever, ever gone in. Yeah, they have like a British pub, I think. Or they have pub food, so I'm like. <sighs> yes. <laughs> Sounds like a good combination. Get a mafale. Yep. <laughs> So we'll see how that goes. And then um, Tuesday, um, I am supposed to be going backstage at the Regency to interview Paul. Um, in the past, I've interviewed Andy from Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dock um, a couple times. Um, and it's been great every time. Um, there was a period of a couple of years where I don't think they came to town. They kind of... Yeah. They came maybe like once and then they mm -hmm. had like a couple years leeway time. I think they're one of the bands that tour. They don't do like a, a full world tour, but they'll do like continents. So they'll do like mm -hmm. America and then they'll stop touring and then they'll do the UK and then they'll stop, and then they'll do Latin America and then they'll do, you know, Asia. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, were they, was it New Order or was it OMD that played in in mexico it was omd oh was it yeah that's oh. why i'm like i feel like they're they work themselves around the world but they take little breaks here and there oh that's smart but um never been backstage at the regency so that'll be Ooh, you got you must tell us all about <laughs> it and come back <laughs> yes and then um holly cook i haven't been able to make uh contact with her but i reached out to one of her pr folks um maybe might be interviewing her but not sure yet and then i don't know i think that's i mean that's pretty much the next week so that's pretty jam-packed <laughs> making up for all the the downtime that we've had but it seems like a lot of bands are going on tour for spring and summer dates and um yeah, I'm I'm curious to listen to the interview that I did with Alice Bag a couple days ago. Um saw that she was going to be here and you know was curious um I'm always curious <laughs> to find out um you know what what people are up to and uh, what their what their thoughts are um especially when you realize wow like they don't come up here too often so it's definitely um you know, it's it's definitely a special occasion or special situation. Yes. And I uh, talked to her a little bit about this video that she did with Kathleen Hanna um, that was uh, released not too long ago. And it's it, I think it's uh, uh, influenced by some movie with Dolly Parton. I forgot oh. the name of it. But I was like, that's kind of interesting, too. So. Why not have a chat? Let me some Dolly. Yeah, so uh, bear with me. Uh, this is a new 
recording feature that I discovered a couple minutes before I called her. Um, and she was um, very understanding about the fact that it was new technology and um, we made sure everything was good to go. So we might have a couple minutes of a leeway time before the actual interview begins. But again, make sure that you check out her new record that was just released on yesterday, actually. And um, again, she's going to be uh, tonight in Oakland at Starline and tomorrow at Amoeba at 2 o'clock. And then uh, she's going to be at 1234 Go Records in uh, Oakland. Successful recording. <laughs> what? Was it recording? Yeah, it was successful, and it was so clear compared to um, another uh, device that I was using for like 10 years. But anyway, oh, <laughs> technology can be useful sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I did an interview yesterday, and the sound was so bad that I actually was having a really hard time hearing all the questions, and I was like, oh, I think this is what she asked. <laughs> so, That's great. Well, yeah. thanks so much for taking the time today. Um, it's a pleasure to speak with you as a, a longtime fan. Thank you. And so tell me a little bit about uh, what you're up to now and um, what people can expect from you have some upcoming appearances here in the Bay Area this weekend. Yeah. Well, what I'm up to is I just um, I'm having my second record come out, my second solo album, and I'm pretty excited about that. I'm, I feel like I've got solo album fever <laughs> I got once I recorded the first one it was such such a wonderful experience mm-hmm. and um you know the the touring that followed and the just I mean the support I got from my friends who are musicians and from like fans and old fans and new fans it's just been really motivating so um right. I, I've been. I was touring with the first album. I was touring with yeah. um, a pretty regular band that uh, consisted of two college students and a college professor. <laughs> and uh, it got. We got to a point where uh, the college professor said, "You know, I have to write a book. I'm going to have to take some time off and finish my book because I can't keep my job unless I publish it." Mm-hmm. And um, and my my college students were like, you know, we have papers to write and stuff. So I had to take the break. It was like a mandatory break. And um, I decided I was going to waste the energy, the momentum that I had. So, wanted to, so I started working on um, new songs for this second album. And really, I, I channeled all that, like, excitement that I had. And, uh, and was able to come up with another album that I'm really proud of and then, um, you know, pull in different people to come in and record it, including some mm-hmm. of the core members of my touring band, but also mm-hmm. other people that I, that I admire and wanted to bring into the project. That's amazing. And how were you able to, how were you able to uh, book some of the shows up here in the Bay Area? Well, how did that come about? It started with, um, I, I have a very dear friend in Martin Sorondegui, who is uh, 
he and I became friends many, many years ago when he interviewed me for a documentary that he was that he was filming called Más Allá de los Gritos. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to know him, and over over the years we've become really close. So he sings for Limperist, and he sings for Crudos. Mm-hmm. And um, when he told me that Crudos were playing a show, mm-hmm. um, you know, I kind of raised my hand and said, "If you need anyone, I'm here." <laughs> so um, I, I I felt kind of embarrassed to do that, but I did it. I have, I'm, I'm a little bit shameless that way, and uh, so they invited us to play. Uh, the show in Oakland with them. And then after okay. I did that, I actually, um, my friend Camille, who is in the Midnight Snacks, wrote to me on Facebook and said, if you want another show, we can set something up. And so she set up a show with Midnight Snacks. And then um, and then my uh, record distributor, they don't usually do this, but they actually helped set up a show at Amoeba because, you know, I mean, they're a record distributor, so they must know people at Amoeba. <laughs> Well, that's that's a good uh, connection right there. Yeah. <laughs> so they set that up, and um, mm-hmm. and the record comes out on on Friday, so it all lined up really nicely. And oh, I'm great. Yeah, I'm excited. Really, really excited. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's great that you're going to be having a few appearances. Um, on Saturday, you're going to be in Oakland. Yes, on Saturday I'm in Oakland playing with Limpris, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and then on Sunday, I do a mini set at Amoeba in the oh. afternoon. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's a, that's a free event, all mm-hmm. ages. And mm-hmm. uh, and then at night, I will do a full set at 1234 Go back in Oakland. I see. Well, that's really exciting. That doesn't happen too often. <laughs> I know. I mean, I... I, I I wonder, like, is it wise to play this many shows in such a close, you know, such a small radius? But the show mm-hmm. with Limpris was already sold out, so oh, I wow. felt like I'm not going to affect that outcome. Mm-hmm. One, two, three, four, go is a small, very intimate venue, which mm-hmm. I like, you know, because yeah. I feel like it's a different energy when you can see everybody's face in the room. <laughs> right. Definitely. And, yeah. And, uh and then Amoeba is also like, I feel like Amoeba is kind of like a place where people can come in with no commitment, get a sample of like what's happening, you know, like they can listen to music and see if they like it or don't like it. And if they don't like it, all they have to do is walk away and look at, you know, look at a book or record in another section. So <laughs> they can feel like looking, it. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to so. say they could start looking at the jazz or the classical uh-huh. section. <laughs> yeah. So... So I like that idea, too. You know, I like, like giving people options. Definitely. And I saw recently that you did um, you did a music video with Kathleen Hanna. Yes. And how um, did that come, come about? Well, I um, am good friends with Allison Wolf, and I was when I was recording my album, she happened to be uh, staying just like a couple blocks away from the studio where I was recording. So every now and then she would come by. She'd just drop by the studio to say hi and, you know, like we'd share a cup of coffee or tea or a snack or something and just hang out. Mm-hmm. And she she sings on a few of the songs and she's like, um, I don't know, she just, she's just a friend, so she hung out. And she heard um, 77 
And I think I had done just like a scratch vocal for the musicians to um, to know where the changes were. And she said, you know what? Who would sound really good on this song is Kathleen. And I'm like, yes, she would. But like I'd met Kathleen one time at a party and um, I didn't know her very well. And of course, I wasn't going to, you know, I don't mind asking Martin because I've known him for years. But to ask Kathleen Hannah to come in and sing on my record, I felt a little intimidated. Uh-huh. Um, so I didn't do it. Allison did it for me. Allison called uh-huh. her up and, like, you know, chatted with her. And Kathleen mm-hmm. apparently was really enthusiastic. And uh, when she came in, she's like, God, she's so cool. She's <laughs> just like, whatever you want me to do, I'm good. Like, you know. And then so so then I, I asked her again about, like, doing the um, – Doing the video shoot, and again, I thought, like, oh, she's so busy. She's always, you know, traveling, and she's a mom, and, you know, she she has a lot on her plate. So I fully oh, sure. expected her to say no, and instead mm-hmm. she said, yeah, just tell me when. You never know. And it's, I mean, would you say that punk rock was similar and that you never really knew till you tried it? You know, just put it out there. And, you know, yeah. Absolutely, and it was all about experimentation, all about those, like, you know, alliances, just feeling like, oh, this person's on my wavelength, let's do something together, you know, and sometimes it was very, very spontaneous and very much, like, uh, experimental, right. so so that's the attitude we went in, and then the night, the the thing is, when we started thinking about doing this video, which is kind of based on the old movie Nine to Five with Dolly Parton and Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, well, that is like a real, you know, elaborate idea. There's gonna have there's gonna have to be a big set, and I don't have a budget for that. I mean, I raised funds on Kickstarter to do my record, so I don't have any funding for that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But then um, I met uh, the guy who directs um, Pancake Mountain at a party again and he was so cool he's just like oh i'd love to make a video with you so we started talking to him about my husband and i started talking to him about like um this idea of doing a nine to five theme with uh with allison and kathleen and myself in the roles of um, jane fonda and lily tomlin and uh, dolly parton and he was all about it and then we thought oh and seth bogart can be the evil boss and this was before I even talked to Seth, and we all thought it was, you know, perfect casting. So he agreed to do it. And then uh, the night, like, we, he figured out, like, how to get it done. And, and uh, the night before we were going to shoot, we had a meeting. And uh, the party that I had been to where I met Scott I had also met Shirley Manson, and I know that Scott was friend- I knew that Scott was friends with her, and I said, "Well, if Shirley wants to come in and be the office gossip, please tell her she's invited." And this is literally the night before the shoot, um, and Scott calls me that night at you know about eleven o'clock, and he said, "Shirley's in; she's showing up tomorrow." <laughs> it's like, awesome. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it sounds like it was a really exciting adventure. Um, where can people find out more about uh, your music online? What's the best site to look at? Probably my website, um, alexbag.com. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You can look on Don Giovanni too, but I feel like uh, you know if you're looking for me specifically, mm-hmm. you'll find me on on. Uh, I have my own website, but you, yeah, I mean I also have Facebook and Instagram where people can keep up with me and Twitter. Yeah. So, how would you compare the music scene back then to the way people are able to do it now? Like, obviously with the advent of the internet and social media and that sort of thing. Do you think if that was around back in the day that things would have been different? I definitely think things would have been different. I mean, I feel like we have this community that isn't really bound by location. It's really more about ideas, like feeling like you're in sync with some what somebody else is doing artistically and as far as what they what their goals are mm-hmm. um and it, it's different because when we were when I was a teenager living in Hollywood mm-hmm. I I was also in sync with that group of people but mm-hmm. um but we were physically in the same place all the time so uh, mm-hmm. I lived in an apartment building that housed like a whole bunch of punks you know we had probably a a dozen apartments and each one had like two or three punks living in in each apartment Mm -hmm. so um it was almost like you know a a college vibe where you get together at any time of day or night and Mm -hmm. uh create something but i feel like you similarity because you can do that on the internet too you can have these long distance um, collaboration because, mm-hmm. you know, with technology, it allows you to write a part in your living room and then, you know, send it off to somebody else for someone else to add their part. So uh, there's a lot. Of, I do feel that it's much easier to publish and to make your work, your work public now, mm-hmm. um, you know, to get your music on CD, to put it up on Bandcamp or SoundCloud, and to build your own, either your website or or to just be on social media. So you really can be your own record company, which is different, you know. Like at the at the time that I was doing um, punk, I it was still sort of mystified, you know. There was there was still this impediment of like, oh, do you, if you want to record multi-track, we have to find a studio where we can get a cheap rate unless you knew someone who happened to have, you know, some old equipment that you could use. So I think it's much easier now. Are you ever surprised at the reach that you had originally with the bags and some of your more uh, recent music that you've released? Some of the new music I've released. Mm-hmm. Or new content. You know, I'm never quite sure of what my reach is. <laughs> I I really am, you know, when I'm at a, at a venue and I'm engaged with the audience and if I feel like they're connecting to me, then... You know, that's that's what I that's what I'm aware of. I don't know how far my reach goes and or how far it went before. All I know is when I used to play with the bags, you know, we could sell out shows very easily. I feel mm-hmm. like 
you know, now I, I work at it. I actually, I, I have to promote shows. And I think at that time, I just was unaware of it. I wasn't involved with the whole idea of promoting. But somebody did. Oh, there's my dog. I'm sorry. <laughs> somebody must have come to the door. Or there's there's squirrels around here, too. It's like oh, you go God. crazy. Oh, I, I can only imagine. <laughs> um, so with the advent of the Time's Up and the Me Too movement, uh, would you say that you were influenced by the women's movement, or do you think that it's had any effect on the music scene over the years? Well, I personally was influenced um, by the women's movement, but also in a very organic way. I was influenced by the fact that I lived in a patriarchy from the moment I was born. You know, I lived mm. at, at, in a house where my father really ruled mm-hmm. um, with an iron fist. And he used that iron fist on my mother very often. You know, he was mm. abusive towards my mother. Mm. And so we all kind of lived in a little bit of fear because he was so aggressive. Um, every now and then, a strong woman would come into contact with my father and challenge him. I have an aunt who did it. I have a, a sister-in-law who did it. All. And any time that any woman challenged my father, even as a little kid, I remember thinking, I want to be that woman. I want to be like her. So challenging my father or seeing my father challenged from when I was a little girl I think that made me a feminist. Like, I knew I wanted to have that strength and that power. Then mm-hmm. as a, you know, a middle school kid, up when the battle of the sexes was happening, the Billie Jean King versus Bobby Riggs tennis match that was highly uh, publicized, right, as the battle right. of the sexes. Mm-hmm. And I just remember, like, getting so into it, like, really feeling like, this is it. This is going to make a huge difference. And, of course, it didn't make a, a big difference in my life, but it really helped me focus on, like, things that I saw as, like, um, I always tell people that being a feminist is not really uh, about being, it's not, it doesn't mean you're pro-women or you want women to, be above men or you don't like men. It really is just basic equality, you know. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's not fair. We're not being treated equal. So let's let's fix that. But so I was I was influenced by that and also of course I I did, you know I I did get caught up with like now and the women's movement and the um equal like the fight for the equal rights amendment. But I was still a kid so I wasn't, you know, actively politically as active as other people who are a little bit older than me. Mm-hmm. Do you think they'll pass it? <laughs> I think they should, but mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I hope. I wish that they would pass it in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Right now, I feel like we're suffering a setback with uh, the current administration, and I feel like our forces are like actually consolidating. I feel like we're gaining strength and we're like once again like feeling like we need to say we're feminists because I think for a while a lot of people were under the misconception that we were living in a post-feminist world you know and 
But no, now you see who's in power. Now you hear the things that he's saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's important to to call yourself a feminist. It's important to stand up and fight for for equal treatment. So, Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. And what bands are you listening to at the moment? Well, I was fortunate enough to go into the studio with Fatty Cakes and the Puff Pastries, mm-hmm. the band from Fresno. Um, so melodic, so angry and sweet at the same time. They remind me of like, you know, Sailor Scouts. They're like, like <laughs> you know, like punk rock mm-hmm. Sailor Scouts. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they have, like, their lyrics are so smart, and um, and they cut you, but at the same time they cut you, but they give you like a little, a little sweetness with them. So, oh, how sweet! <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> they'll, they'll, do, they'll they'll cut you while they're singing it in harmony. <laughs> but um, so I went into the studio with them and I produced their their. Uh, album. I don't know when mm-hmm. the album is coming out, but we did record mm-hmm. it and it's mastered and it's ready to be released. So please keep one ear open for Fatty Cakes and the Puff Pastries from Fresno. Fatty Cakes. Yes. <laughs> Just to add a little bit to what we were talking about earlier with social media. Um, so this pertains more back to the scenes that were happening. Uh, back around the punk rock days in the late 70s and early 80s. So the Los Angeles scene was kind of pitted against the New York scene. And um, you have that one song, We Don't Need the English, where you're talking about the London punk scene. So I'm just wondering how that came into play back then. Well, the West Coast scene is obviously the superior scene. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, uh, let me let me say, I think, you know, from my perspective, how I came to know punk rock was through the, new, you know, the, the, the people making music in New York. Mm-hmm. So I want to give them their props. And I think that um, I became aware of England after that. But for me, I feel like the scene that was happening in Los Angeles, because that's the one I'm a part of, Mm-hmm. I feel like it was completely original. I feel like there were a lot of women and queers and people of color that went in, and we kind of were, you know, steering the direction that this this scene was moving in. Um, so I, I I never felt like I had to compete with the other scenes. Um, in fact, we listened to all the music. We listened to music from New York. We went to see the bands when they came on tour. We, you know, supported the punk rockers from all over the place. I think my response was when people would talk trash about L.A. I think, I think L.A. gets a really bad rap sometimes. Yeah. Um, people see us as very superficial. And, mm-hmm. sure, there's there's the component of that, of course. There is, you know, the the you know, the factory of dreams that um, is, is all about um, creating illusions. But, but there's, there, that doesn't mean that there aren't people with original ideas. And, you know, like we have, I don't know, I just feel like, like um, 
our team was it was unique, you know, like there's no band like the Screamers in New York or in or in England. Um mm-hmm. there's nobody like the weirdos <laughs> on the planet. You know, there's there's um the go gos were original. You know, I mean I feel when you go back and you think of all the and, and the thing the other thing that people forget is that almost Every, uh, a lot of the bands, good majority of the bands had women in them, in them, either playing an instrument or singing or managing the band. There was a lot of participation from from women, and I don't know if that's unique to the New York scene because I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that's unique to our scene because I don't really know what was going on in the New York scene. I don't really know what was going on mm-hmm. in the scene in England. Right. Um, the, the the English came about because my guitar player had read an interview where an English band had basically said that um, that Los Angeles that you know they put down the LA scene and said that we were imitating um, the English scene mm-hmm. and so and that was a res- that was our response to that. And the Yes LA um, uh, was meant to be funny. <laughs> it wasn't meant to be. A, a, I love, I love the, um, you know, the whole like no way thing. The, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love so, both albums. I'm just gonna put it out there. So I grew up listening to both albums. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I this. I I don't know if you can tell by, like, the music that I've been putting out, but my taste is pretty eclectic, so I listen mm. to a lot of stuff, and um, and I love, you know, the music from all backgrounds. I just, I'm not going to sit around and, like, have somebody slam us without actually listening to what we're doing or what we were doing and giving us our fair, uh, a fair shake, because I really feel like we had a very original scene, uh, also, I feel like we were very inclusive. We had bands that toured from, uh, up and down the coast, and we like mm-hmm. supported each other. So, um, so I'm, 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 I, I stand by what I say. For me, it was the best scene. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome to hear. And I'm a fellow former Southern California resident, so, you know, growing up listening to bags like The Weirdos, The Bags, X, just the whole scene, and, um, you know, it was a great, it was a great musical upbringing, I must say. <laughs> Thank you. Good. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad we played a part of it. <laughs> and yeah, but the other thing is, it's not a competition, mm-hmm. you know, there's room for mm-hmm. everybody. That's good. Because, you know, you want variety. You don't just want yes. more of the same, which, unfortunately, depending on where you look for music, there's a lot of that in mainstream music, which was probably the same back then. So it just depends where your, your interests lie. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for taking the time today. Well, and, thank you. And uh, I'm glad we were able to connect. Yes, it's always great to talk to the viewers. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and, um, I will be, hopefully, I'm pretty sure I'll be at the, the San Francisco appearance, but I'll try to make it to one of the Oakland ones as well, because 
I know you don't get up here too often, so um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see Yay. you next weekend. <laughs> All right. Well, I, hope great. Great. I look forward to meeting you in person. Come up and mm-hmm. come up and tell me it's you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like it's me, and you'll be like, who the hell is me? <laughs> be more specific. Well, wait. Now, do you have do you have the new songs so that you can play them? Um, I'm not sure. Are you? Is it on Spotify or YouTube? I know it's a well, right. Um, NPR did a a, a preview, mm-hmm. but if you want, maybe I can send you a link or something. I'll ask the um the record company if they'll send you a link so okay. you can play the new songs. But I will have, you know, CDs and records with me. But if mm-hmm. you're if you're airing this before, yeah. I think Saturday, then. Saturday evening, early Saturday. Okay, so I'll I'll make sure they get uh, a link to you at least so you can play stuff. Cause, yeah. And then I'll and then I'll get you a, a real copy when I see you a hard copy. Yes, I can't wait. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Excited too. I'm really oh. this clip. Uh, it's a bit thank you. Here. Thank you. Oh, yeah, me too. It's ringing here too. Thank you for making it work, and I'm sorry about yesterday. It was just oh, don't worry about crazy. It. It's you know I I'm the same. I just started a new job, so it's like I'll start something and then I'll follow up on it, but it might be a little bit later than I meant to. So I totally understand. Oh, <laughs> thank same you. <laughs> All right, well I'll be seeing you soon. Okay, I'll see you this weekend. Okay, have a good one. You too. Bye. Okay, take care. Bye.
so good. I'm sorry, but I should have watched that way sooner. Uh, oh my god, that was what's missing in my life. <laughs> Such a good video, you guys. You got to check it out. Yes, it's it's all about the good videos. So is it called Seventy Seven? It's called Seventy Seven. By Alice Bag. Wow. Yes. Good job. <laughs> Thoroughly enjoy that. Yes. Um, yeah, that was that was really exciting. Um, it's so funny. I you know how sometimes I write down the questions and sometimes I don't. Yeah. So I didn't write down any of the questions, but then I was like, "Fuck!" I wanted to ask her about that, but I guess I could always ask her tomorrow. <laughs> if I get to meet her. Um, but yeah, no, she was definitely one of my my heroes. Um, you know, from that era. And what I like about you know any of the artists from that era from the original you know original new york scene la san francisco london manchester is they set the precedent and you know bands that came after them were they were okay but it was like they were really just um you know starting so raw starting from nothing you know but band like joy division for instance said they were really influenced by the Buzzcocks and by David Bowie, but sounded nothing like either of those bands. Like, where the hell did this come they from? They made their own sound, and now everybody wants to sound like them. Yeah, even the Smiths, you yeah. know? Like, nobody sounds like them, even though... Nobody was making happy music with very, very fucked up lyrics. <laughs> Speaking of which, Johnny Marr is making solo album I number three, that. apparently. Yeah. He's, he will be back. <laughs> He will be back. God, that was a while ago, wasn't it? That was about two years ago. Yeah, that was that was two years ago. I was on. uh, It was exactly two years ago because it was around my birthday, and I think we had two shows at the indie that that week. So Mm -hmm. he was one of them, and it was so good. It was. I love seeing him. I honestly kind of enjoy his concerts more than I did Morrissey. Me too. Morrissey was just very in your face about politics which is fine but it was just the whole cows into the slaughter thing was just that a one little time. too much yeah <laughs> i was like I'm crystal i'm kind of fine yeah. i'll see you in a minute <laughs> you were getting sick i think you had a heat stroke right? i had i literally had Sorry. heat stroke but then seeing that visual didn't help <clears throat> yeah yeah it was definitely <laughs> a really hard thing to watch but i mean i, I still love morrissey it's just he's a little fucked I mean, up i don't really maybe we'll meet a few <laughs> other people who have actually seen him you know when he yeah. was in the smiths or whatever but i think johnny marr is definitely more about the music and you know he's constantly you know collaborating with yeah. other artists he did he was in modest mouse he um he did something with Hans Zimmer, the famous like uh, um, film film composer. Yep. I couldn't think of the word, but I was like, that's <laughs> different, you know? Yeah. Whatever. Um... Did you see Johnny at the Oscars? Johnny Greenwood from Radiohead? No, I didn't. See it. <laughs> He's so awkward. He had like he? all his hair in his face, and it's just like, cause he got nominated for. Uh, oh, I forgot. Phantom. Yes. No. Uh, was it the other one? What he did some other ones. Phantom Thread. Yeah, Phantom Threat. That's the one. Because I know he's been doing a couple different films. It's so weird. I usually make a point of watching part of the Oscars, but I didn't do it this year. I don't know why. I think I'm just sick and tired of all the stuff going on. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But um, anyways, um, what else was I going to mention? Oh, yeah. Did you hear the story about how, um, I don't know if you've started watching The Crown yet. 
But uh, I haven't. So apparently Claire Foy, who plays uh, Queen Elizabeth, does not get paid as much as um, her. The guy who her plays male her counterparts. Husband. He is a more famous actor. That was the the reasoning behind but it. But she plays the queen. She plays the lead role. So I think I think she's going to be taking Netflix to court. I'm not sure. I need to. I'm trying. What to, the fuck? I'm trying to keep tabs on the story because I'm like, this oh is my important. God. This is important. We need to see. What, you know what it's like when our rights as women can be interpreted by the law. You know, Jesus Christ, it's so, ridiculous. And you know, all this stuff that we're seeing on the news about Stormy Daniels and um, that other woman, Karen McDougal, and you know, um, Hillary, you know, being treated the way that she was up until, um, you know, election day. I mean, I guess you could argue, like, well, men have come into the same situations, but I believe just by seeing these particular stories. Um, in a certain succession, that it just goes back to, you know, the fact that we as women, our rights are not guaranteed under the law. So it's, you know, something that we should look at. It's not a bunch of random stuff that's happening. It's, it's because we don't have that. We don't have anything to fall back on pretty much is what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to point it out, but maybe I am biased. Well, you know, you do have a vagina. I do. Trying to to take better care of it. (laughs) That's not easy. Sometimes your vagina just works against you, you know? It really does. Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes I forget I have one, you know, in the the thick of the moment. Yeah. (laughs) In the heat of the moment. This is the best conversation we've ever had in this video show. I have something to tell you later off the air. Oh, shit. But, um... Anyway, uh huh. What are we playing? Um, or what did we just hear? Seventy seven by oh, yeah. Alice Bag. Uh, Seventy seven. Um, it's the new video um, that she was doing with uh, Kathleen Hanna, and it's readily available on YouTube. And she actually has a uh, official website as well, alicebag.com. And I really enjoyed chatting with her one because I never. I think I knew that she was in town at certain points, you know, over the last couple of years, but mm-hmm. it never happened. And then this time around, I guess it was just meant to happen. And um, I told her a little bit towards the end of the call, as a fellow person from an ex, you know, Southern California resident, I was trying to weigh that in there. But it was interesting how she was saying, yeah, people from Los Angeles or from Southern California, we get such a bad rap sometimes, but... Have you ever heard of bands like the Screamers or X or any of these other bands? They were so, um, they were so unique, and um, there's n- never uh, been anyone like them since. So I mean, I think she had a she had a good argument there. But um, no, it was interesting hearing her talk about her personal experience as well. I didn't think that she would she would talk about that, but that was yeah. Uh, that hit home, yeah. I think, for a lot of uh, a lot of people of our generation. That seems to be kind of how things were and still are, unfortunately. So um, it's time for a change. Yep. And the new album is called Blueprint, and it was released on Don Giovanni Records. That's awesome. Don Giovanni. Don Giovanni. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> Ganja Bunny sounds Ganja cooler. Bunny. <laughs> Don Giovanni. 
and uh, 77 is the video that, that was released recently, excuse me, that includes Kathleen Hanna, Shirley Manson from Garbage, Alison Wolf, and Span- uh, Seth Bogart. And she also has uh, a Spanish language single entitled Secre Joven, uh, which translates to She Thinks She's Young. Um, <laughs> so, oh, and Alison Wolf is from Brat- the bands Bratmobile and Sex Stains. I didn't know that. Ooh. All right. Well, that's really interesting. So <laughs> go and check out um, her new release, and hopefully you'll be able to catch one of her shows while she's here in the Bay Area. And... She's in uh, SoCal, so she has a couple shows going on down there as well. So definitely go check it out. I'm excited now after watching the video to see. Um, I've never seen her live, so I'm excited to see what she's got for um, an Amoeba live set. And I don't go to Amoeba that often. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I just to like shop, but not for a show. So yeah, so. Damn, that means I'm probably going to drop like a lot of money tomorrow. <laughs> but that's okay. You yeah. know why? Because I'm trying to remember the last time I went was probably April. I don't think, was it April last year? I think it was April. Like, Who did you see? Two years ago. I think I went with you for record store day. I think that was the last time I went. Did we, did we do that? I think it was two years ago. Oh my God. I think I, I remember like buying we went some to New stuff. York. Okay, yeah. I'm trying. I'm kind of remembering, and I was gonna go to a show with some old coworkers of ours, and but that didn't end up happening. I think that was two years ago. Wow, that was a long time ago. So I mean, I'm kind of overdue anyway. So why not? Why not? Exactly. You never know who you're gonna meet. Um, again, make sure um, if you haven't got a ticket already, uh, orchestral maneuvers in the dark are playing. Uh, at the Regency, uh, Crystal and I have seen him many times. Um, it's a never disappointment. It's true. <laughs> um, it's definitely worth turning up for. Um, then um, another uh, friend of the show, Holly Cook, she's doing a U.S. Uh, US tour, also going to be playing in Mexico, apparently. Um, she's on the East Coast right now, but she's going to be at the Independent on Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. And then um, Friday, our friend Zach Bateman, who just released a new single, uh, we played it at the beginning of the show. He's playing, uh, he's doing a record release party at the Boom Boom Room on Tuesday night, uh, March 27th. And then he's going to be at uh, the Starry Plow. I was going to say something else. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking Shaky Knees Festival because I'm still waiting to hear if I'm going to get tickets for that. Probably not, but... You never know. You never know. There's a lot of... You know how last year um, I went to a couple festivals, so I think this year I'm like, well, maybe I'll try this one. Maybe I'll try that one. Um, I even applied to one in Memphis called... um, I think it's called the Beale Street Music Festival. And I was like, nobody's going to go to a festival in Memphis. But I was wrong. (laughs) Uh, Apparently, that one's really popular. 
Oh, yeah. But I'm not worried because uh, the Bay Area has some really great festivals. Um, last year, I went to Burger Boogaloo. That one's in um, Oakland. Uh, Fono del Sol. That one's right down the street from here, actually, actually in Petrero uh, del Sol Park. And then um, I forgot what the other one is that I went to. Outside Lens is all right, but I like the the smaller festivals now, I think. Oh, Riot Fest. That was the one I was thinking <laughs> of. That's not in the Bay Area. <laughs> Let's not forget about uh, Harley Strictly. Harley Blues. Strictly. Harley Strictly is good. But um, I don't know. Riot Fest was really good. I can't I can't explain why. Well, I, I can try to explain it. Because <laughs> um, I think it's a mixture of like, it's not just one type of music. And it covers many genres. Like last year, I saw M.I.A., Queens of the Stone Age, Nine Inch Nails, um, you know, New Order. So just so many decades of of great music and artists that I never really, artists that I'd seen many times before and artists that I'd never seen before. Uh, Mike D., for instance, um, Bad Brains. Uh, (laughs) That was another one, Uh, you know. It was just an interesting situation to be in, but uh, we'll see. Um, yeah, it's I'm kind of playing it by ear, like last year. Like, let's see who's playing at Outside Lands. Let's see is some of the the bigger festivals. I feel like I don't really want to commit until I know like for sure who's playing because Outside Lands isn't what it used to be. This is true, but. Rumors has it that <laughs> uh, Fleetwood Mac might be there mm-hmm. headlining, so that's the only reason I'm like the edge of my seat. Yeah, but um, I I think I would like to buy the early bird tickets, and then if they're not going to be there, then I could just sell it and make a profit. <laughs> True. <laughs> so that's we'll smart. see. We'll see if I have the money for when, it. Even um, when do the tickets go on sale? Oh my this god, week? I don't know because they much. right. Last year they sold them pretty late into the year, and um, they they they're kind of been doing this thing where they're just like random now. They it used to be that by this time you would know who's headlining it. So, mm. um, I don't know, dude. I I'm just confused by them right now, <laughs> and I was What's confused by them on? last year too. And uh, I'm glad I didn't go last year because it wasn't it wasn't that big of a deal but yeah there but was, if Fleetwood Mac was going to be there I, I think I'd want to go to that yeah I think yeah I think you're right I think this year if there's one band that I really want to see then I would definitely buy a day ticket maybe buy maybe one I'll do ticket. that yeah but I don't think I'll do the three day again yeah that is, that's really exhausting I, I would I will say that my Radiohead year which is my <laughs> my my uh, finale for the yearly um, Outside Lands event going thing um, was definitely the year where I was like, yeah, I'm too old for this. <laughs> but I mean, I, I still miss it. I miss some aspects of it and then some not so much. And definitely feeling like really old was not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Let's feel old together. Yeah. <laughs> But Riot, Fe- Riot Fest seems cooler because it's mo- it's more towards gear tours, wh- what kind of music we listen to, yeah. more bands that we respect um, and admire. So I, I think that's why it's so it's more appealing to us. Coachella, 
Riot Fest, even Lollapalooza have kind of lost their rock scene. Like they've kind of just done the whole Instagram famous and, you know, whatever is top 40 right now um, on Spotify, which is fine. You know, I, I, I get that it makes you money, but it's kind of losing its whole music festival nest to it and it's more like a celebrity hotspot so yeah i don't know i think you're right <laughs> i think that's why i got so excited by it because i was seeing like so many names that i never thought i would see like yeah. i thought i would have to be like okay this year i'm gonna go see this yeah but the fact divide your could, money yeah and it's funny one of the recruiters that i was talking to this is my my actual job hi talent ben um yeah. She was based in Chicago and we were just, you know, chit chatting and I was like, oh yeah, I went to, you know, the festival last year called Riot Fest. Have you heard of it? And she was like, yeah, I was there too. (laughs) You see? So So you kind of have to, you kind of have your choices if mm -hmm. you're into a broader spectrum of music, but if you're into a certain type of music like we are we're more to the rock aspect and we're more into punk and we're more into indie or, um, you know, like really uh, respectable artists that mm-hmm. are like from a long time ago. Niche. <laughs> yeah. That's more of a niche thing. Like who else do you know who's seen Ronnie Spector? I don't know anyone. Exactly. Myself. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But um, it's, yeah. And I at one point, right. I think at one point, Outer Lands had that going for them. They had, you know, really, niche, yeah. yeah, they had really good artists that were just, you could only see them there or, you know, there were, yeah. uh, you know, respected in a way like Paul McCartney and Metallica and um and Red Hot Chili Peppers yeah the Red Hot Chili Peppers you know all these like huge bands that you could see in one spot that that was worth it but now it's like I mean how many times have we seen Beyonce and JC and Kanye on the billboard on the you know on the headlining a, a festival like Coachella and stuff so it's it's not appealing anymore <laughs> Um, so maybe that's why for me in particular I'm retreating and really enjoying the smaller um you know the smaller more niche festivals you know and it's not even a big deal um and there's you're more likely to be you know to meet people and be around people that have the same interests as you which is probably better yeah because they're less there are lesser dicks out there. <laughs> I do. I do want to go to Bottle Rock once. If I never go to Coachella, I guess probably not at this point. But um, Bottle Rock seems kind of. Um, I'm so down for Aus- Austin City Limits. <laughs> oh yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. the one I want to go to. That. I have to look into that. Yeah. <laughs> it's in October, so we yes, still have time. That's in the fall. That's one of the few ones, the and last ones. We have a good friend out there that's gonna. Yes, Sarah. <laughs> Love you, girl. <laughs> Miss you. Um, yeah, well, that would be great. Um, I think that would be worth it for sure. Yes. And um, yeah, and then the sh- Shaky Knees Festival and uh, Boston Calling. I think they both had similar lineups, but slightly different. Um, yeah, I gotta work on that and see. See where life takes me this year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, last year was pretty exciting. Not gonna lie. 
All right, so maybe we can play a couple songs and then um, we have a couple interviews uh, floating around for the next couple weeks and um, another uh, PR person that I was talking to, um, her name is Lizzie. She set us up with, I don't know if you remember the band, they were called Killer Caribou. They were here a couple months ago, and they played a show at the El Rio. They were kind of young. They started as a ska band, but then turned into something else. Mm -hmm. And then um, she was working with a band called Violet Island. Um, So they're going to be coming on April 14th. Um, And then another band that I'm talking to is Miles. Is that the name of the band? Some of these I'm, I, I try to do as much homework as I can. Nope, they're called Money for Helicopters. That is the name. Uh, that is the name. And then the other one that I was talking to is Black Angel. That's another one. Ooh, and they're love from, it. I think they're like from SoCal originally. Or no, they orig- yeah, they originate from Santa Barbara and Los Angeles. So that is interesting. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how the next couple of weeks go. At least there's a bunch of things going on. Um, I think because I was talking to um, Lucy, who works with OMD. She's just, she's always been sweet to me. Um, she copied me with these other PR folks that work for a different company, and so I think they put me on their list. So I started seeing more stuff from them and like, sure, I'll do it. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, That's what I've always done. That hasn't changed. And they were like, oh, my God, she's amazing. She'll do anything we ask her to. (laughs) Within reason. Yeah. (laughs) But one of the guys, I haven't even had a chance to listen to his music. His name is, maybe you've heard of him, Casbo. Yeah, that's his name. Uh, anyways, Casbo has, uh, he's new. It's a debut LP out. It just came out yesterday. It's called Places We Don't Know. And he's doing a North American tour. He's going to be at Coachella. So that's a big deal. And um, let's see. And he already has a sold out show at the Independent. And sold out show at the Knitting Factory in Brooklyn. So if he wants to do an interview... Come on down, will do. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm liking this company so far. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I guess it's harder to get. Um, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people do interviews like through podcasts that aren't necessarily attached to a radio station now, but it's like we kind of have that niche, right, where we're a station, we're but we don't. Establish. Yeah, but we don't necessarily have to do it through the station, but we choose to. Yes. Um, so anyways, you'll want to stay tuned um, over the next few weeks. And again, uh, if you are looking for something to do this weekend, go check out Alice Bag. She's uh, playing a sold-out show tonight with Limp Wrist Excuse me. at um, Starline. And then tomorrow she's going to be at Amoeba in San Francisco doing a short set there at 2 o'clock. And then she's going to be at... One, two, three, four, Go Records in Oakland, um, I think around 7 o'clock. And um, everything's on the internets. On the webs. On the webs. I like how I was 
I was trying to find a way to phrase it like it wasn't happening like in the past when <laughs> internet in the mm. internet <laughs> yeah uh, so anyways um, let's hear a, a perfect circle 